Mm. Okay, so hitting the start button, click of the pen. All right, Zach. Bump of the table. Knock on the door. I hear the sound of a Tim Tom too. <laughs> I hear the sound of a baby crying. I hear the sound. <laughs> I hear the sound of a Swiffer swiffing. <laughs> I'm Zach. And I'm Colin. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the Houseplants, Houseplants Podcast. We're here to talk about the things that we love, which are music, media, and the mission of Jesus. And many more things, which is lots of other stuff and things and stuff. Very, very cool. Cool. All right, Zach. So um, how are we doing this morning, this evening? This morning. This midday. This afternoon. Not as good as this evening because I had to wake up early. Me and Zach just did some Devo, so we're doing a little better. I'm thinking... Just across the board. It felt good to sit and just pray with you, man, and just talk about scripture and stuff. That was cool. It was very cool. Let's worship and feel even better. You want to? Yeah. So we are doing a great hymn, Oh, Four Thousand Tongues. Love Charles. Love him. And I'm good guy. I only put a little spin on this just to like give it a little peppy flavor back in when I was leading worship in, uh, um, it's, it's really not any change whatsoever, but it's just like adding a little, you can sing along, but it's still, yeah. it sounds cool. Well, here we go, Zach. Let me, uh, let me get it. Fire started. up the Yamaha. There we are. Of his grace, the glories 
beautiful man that was fun all right we're already getting into things here just a little bit so let me ask zach before we pray how's your week my week's been going all right mostly just getting into the swing of things with school and other schedule appointments and just kind of figuring out life yeah (laughs) by the time people listen to this all of zach's stuff will have been solved and it'll have a new set of problems because that's just, you know, that's just the nature of things. Yeah. So I'll just say right now, everything's uh, going pretty good for me. Um, we uh, are still at center and still having a great time digging into that scripture. And you and me are still doing the podcast. So because mine's a little bit better in a few weeks, I'll be like doing real bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> that for a long time, though, that was how things tended to work with me and you. Yeah. One of us was down, <laughs> but at least the other was usually available to help pick the other one up. So that's right. All right. So yeah. do you want to pray or do you want me to pray? Why don't you pray this week? OK, here we go. God, thank you so much for the many, many blessings seen and unseen that we receive from you. Um, God, we thank you for all of the times that we thought you weren't there, that you were. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit being involved in what we're doing tonight. And God, we just pray that we could lay down whatever stuff is on our heart and come to you um, authentically and just talk about your word and talk about the state of your church. And um, we just thank you for the opportunity to do that. And we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's get into the nitty gritty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've been talking about music a whole lot lately, huh? Yeah. We're kind of in a series. And what's cool about this is it kind of came up organically. We didn't really plan to have a um, collective. We didn't really plan to have a collection of episodes on worship music, but that's just kind of where we ended up. So we decided we would make this a little series on worship. And even though we recorded them a little bit out of order, you'll be hearing them in order. So this will be our second episode on yeah. music in the series. Um, and we are following up after our first episode with Aaron. Yeah. So you time. would have heard Aaron last time. And that was such a great episode, wasn't it? Very, very fun to have yeah. him on here. He's our good buddy. So shout out to Aaron. Very cool. Yeah. And we will also be having uh, Jonathan Powers here very shortly in the next episode or two. Mm hmm. And then maybe another, maybe another worship leader. We'll We'll see. see. Yeah. So you kind of initiated the idea for this one. I feel like, although it was kind of both of us talking. So once you uh, you think about this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, here's what I have to say. We're in a, we're in a new, um, modern culture that involves a lot of different stylistic and, um, influence driven, types of music. And so I think you and I were talking about how things tend to go as far as like how the cycles of music go and popular Christian music. So we thought we're about due for the hymns to come back, right? Yeah. I think that, um, (laughs) I think that tonight, uh, our subject matter, if I could sum it up, I would say the modern Christian music movement, but, um, I know that's just a working title, but, um, Cause you know, back in the seventies, that was the modern Christian music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, but I would say just, just the idea of trends, um, you know, Edwin from FUMC. Yeah. He, he used to say, oh, I don't really get into like the modern stuff. I'm more into the classics. And I would be yeah. like, oh, like what? Like, um, like the birds or something like the old <laughs> like seventies stuff or what? Uh, and, and, no. <laughs> and, he, and he would go like, uh, uh, anything after 1700, I don't really deal with very much. Right. Yeah. I'm just like, what? Yeah. I mean, he's an amazing organ player. Unfortunately, <laughs> he's not a big Wesley me, guy. Well, unfortunately, well, I don't know about that. Um, unfortunately for me, um, like I don't have a lot to compare him to. So I, I say he's a great organ player, but uh, how many organ <laughs> players have I listened to? Not, I've heard, in I've my heard experience, not that many. But yeah, um, so uh, tonight we're going to talk about just kind of Christian music and just kind of talk about what worship is and what it's not and um, what 
Christian music is and just the idea of like how things are structured and how the Holy Spirit can be led through music. So there you go. Did I give it a good sum up? I think so. Okay. But yeah, well, let me, uh, let me throw this out there. I know this is a shameless plug, but um, me and Zach have been talking about our Patreon and um, our Facebook and all this stuff. And speaking of music, there's quite a bit to be found there that can't be found anywhere else. I will announce right here and now on this episode, and by the time this episode airs, I wonder if this will actually be a thing, but I am planning to compile all of the music we have done on the podcast into an Mm -hmm. album on the Patreon. Yeah. But one thing I need to ask you And the great thing about that is we're allowed to use pretty much all of it. (laughs) Because it's all, because it's either uh, music from before 1920 something, or it's um, our originals. So it'll be a lot of fun to to put those out for everybody to listen to. And then- down the road, we'll have a cool, maybe um, actual produced album in a studio where me and Zach can actually get some drums and bass and, and all the things that we need to make a decent album. And then you guys can hear it the way we envisioned it. Uh, yeah, that would CD. be really cool. But I will say that I would love for you guys to um, show your support. <laughs> I know that's a selfish thing to say, but um, me and Zach are, are really looking to uh, continue to do this ministry and um, we know that God provides through any ministry, and so we trust him with that. And um, so if you guys like what we're doing, if you like the idea of the podcast, if you if you enjoy listening and it's helping you, um, it, it would be a good way for you to support us to hop on that Patreon. And, yeah, and check, check out the out. Patreon. And uh, other things um, help us out, too. Give us a like and a share on Facebook. Um we're looking not only just for people to passively sit, but to kind of partake in the community that we're trying to form there. So feel free to go by and leave us a comment. Actually write something. Imagine, leave us a review on iTunes. Imagine uh, a community of God that all unites under the idea of of celebrating the word and discussing uh, discussing um, the things we're discussing yeah, yeah. on the podcast. And imagine that community growing and uniting under that. And under Christ. I just think the idea of that is really cool. So, um, that's our dream. That's, that's hopefully what we will accomplish with the podcast. And I, I know God willing is like a turn of phrase, but God willing, that's what will happen. In this case. Yeah. Yeah. And so, okay. We've introduced the topic, Zach. Um, how do you feel? Let me just open this up because we don't necessarily have questions. This is more just to like bring some things to light. So. How do you feel about music and its changes? Christian I hate music, music first of okay. all. I can tell. <laughs> like it's terrible. I'm, let me compare three eras of music and you tell me what you think. Okay. 1980 to 2000. 2000 to 2010. 2010 to 2019. Okay, so we're talking in what? Christian music or music Christian in general? Music. Okay. All right, so you said 1980 to when? 2000. To 2000. Well, that's that's a large 20 years and a lot happened. Yes. I mean that. And then 2000 to 2010 and then okay. 2010 to 2019. I feel like 2000 to 2010 was, at least for me and you and a lot of others that we would do worship with, um, that was kind of when a lot of different groups were kind of hitting their stride. I mean, Hillsong had been around for a long time before that. Um, but that was when a lot of their songs started to really get big. And so I could take, um, mighty to save, for example, and I probably still could do this, but I could play it in any church that we played in and people would know it. Right. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, Tomlin was so prominent, uh, and, um, yeah. Crowder as well. Yeah. They were a big deal. Right. So that was like the era when you saw what I would call like the classic modern classic to us at least yeah i would say yeah yeah and i know this is all going to be like well it's not classic to me but um yeah this is this is our experience coming into this could be relative right. <laughs> a lot of what we're saying yeah today. but um but yeah there was a there was a feel and an understanding of how yeah. worship was i would say hmm. in the 1980s or even the 70s leading yeah. up to 2000 what we saw was like a development of modern what i consider modern yeah but it's like it it was when we saw the first uh, kind of installment yeah. of like rock yeah. worship. I haven't like researched like to know like what the trends really were back then. Yeah. But when I think about the 90s, especially um, growing up in that time period, I and I think about Christian music, um, that was when 
um, a lot of non-Christians heard a lot of Christian music. Right. Um, there were bands like Jars of Clay, like uh, my you parents. Too. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we were, we were kind of, um, we were revolving around the church, but not necessarily like landed, um, like consistent members. Yeah. Uh, but uh, my, you better believe my parents had um, Jars of Clay on cassette in the car. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, like, um, there were, I will say, speaking to that, from the 80s to the 2000 era, there was also a big thing that I think happened, which was where a divergence on the radio of what was considered, like, Christian and not. Yeah. In the 90s and before, that wasn't, like, a big deal to have yeah. Christian music on the radio. Yeah, there were guys like, um, oh, I can't think of this guy's name. Jars of Clay is, you know, yeah. uh Flood, the Flood song is, yeah. a, is an example. The, them and many others were relatively like, we're in the secular market somewhat, but we write songs about God and people just thought they were crazy. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, even songs like, uh, maybe this is a bad example. It's the first one I thought of, but like R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion is like tackling religion. Yeah. But now it's like, the idea of religion in any kind of radio that is not a Christian radio station yeah. is like crazy and foreign. Yeah. And so I think that's an interesting thing about the eighties to 2000. Yeah. But like, so I guess I would say that's what I would notice about today um, is that there's a stark difference between Christian and non-Christian as an industry. Right. And then there's also um, even kind of a distinction and we'll probably talk about this more, but between like worship artists and Christian pop artists, Yes. That's a difference too. Right. Yeah. Well, like, um, well, okay. So one of the big figures from the, uh, I guess the earlier part, and I'm not, I, I need to do some more research on her, but like Amy Grant. Oh yeah. She's been around. I remember in the nineties and I, I, I might get gigged with a copyright for this, but that whole, like, didn't she do like baby, baby. Something that was Amy. Emotion. That was Amy Grant, wasn't it? I love yeah. you. With, yeah. So, um, yeah. Here's the thing. When I grew up, I didn't know Amy Grant was Christian at all, and I don't know yeah. if she was then. Was she? Yeah. She was. She did. Thy lamp. Is, thy light is a lamp into my feet. That's also from the '90s, is it not? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. from the '90s. So yeah. here's here's uh, here's the question. Then, at what point was it like? Oh, Amy Grant is exclusively a Christian artist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, and, and, and I'm not others, saying it's the same way. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm not saying that's wrong at all, because I feel like if you're, if you are devoted to the idea of being a Christian artist, yeah. then it shouldn't yeah. matter. But what I'm saying is like the willingness for a radio to be like, okay, let's hear Amy Grant's new song or yeah. whatever. Cause um, wasn't it another one that's more recent is like Lady Antebellum. I think that girl ended up being, becoming a Christian. In some oh really? Words. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if they were like. Okay, well, my wife would know because she knows more about country. She, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm fairly certain. Well, like if we're yeah. talking about country, Carrie Underwood's another great example. Of course, obvious. Yeah, Jesus, take the wheel. Well, th- I like something <laughs> in the water. There That's, must be something in the water. I love that one. That one's good particularly song. good to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is just a clear. That's just a clear Christian uh-huh. song. There's yeah. no like uh, dodging around yeah. the subject matter. So, um. Is okay, so Hillary Scott, I think, is the lead singer of the band Lady Antebellum, and now she is a Christian slash gospel singer. Whereas in the past, she might have just been a pop singer. Now, let me like my only reason of bringing them up is to say the point of like, okay, well, why aren't they still on the regular radio station? What's so what's so wrong with just playing their song, their new Christian song? Are they not? on the radio station. I don't know that because I don't really listen to country radio. Um, I don't believe that C- Carrie Underwood's song, something in the water was on any regular radio stations that I yeah. heard. Now I'm not saying that I think country radio station is a little more lenient on that. Maybe they do have Christianity in their roots with country. Right. And so that might be a little bit different, but there are, I mean, there are, um, once you become a Christian artist, I feel like they're like, all right, to the Christian radio station with you. Yeah. Like, let's move on. Like we can play your old stuff, but, and I guess my question is like, if it was okay in the nineties, why isn't it okay now? Yeah. So, um, okay, 
Cool. That's so what a, do you think about the Christian music industry now in this decade? Oh like boy. What, what jumps out to you? Don't ask me. <laughs> I don't, I don't want, I, I hate the idea that I'm being so negative about it, but maybe uh-huh. it's just cause I'm such a, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say naughty, like Colin, you are not being a nice guy. You know, <laughs> you need to improve. <laughs> you need to improve on this. I should get like a taboo buzzer and yeah. like try to keep you in check. Yeah. So like <laughs> with the judgment, <laughs> Well, like what I'm saying is like, I'm not, I'm not doing very well as, in regards to judging music because uh-huh. in general music, I'm a very like elitist and I hate that, but I, it's kind of like somebody who has been in broadcasting like we have and yeah. like, watching a movie. You, It's like hard to turn it off. I've learned how to turn off my music, my movie like critique. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But with music, it's not that easy for me. It's harder for you. It's, it's I understand harder. that. Yeah. And so, um, but I will say this. In the midst of all these pop songs that I'm not really appreciative of, I actually enjoy the the. Um, d- if anybody out there is a fantasy football player, they would understand <laughs> the idea of the word sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> the sleeper picks, huh? Yeah. So there's a okay. few sleepers out there that nobody like thinks are great. That I think. Are Why great. don't we just play fantasy worship artist? Ooh. And then at the beginning of the year, we could each uh, draft Christian singers, kind of like John Christ's pastor. Mac Powell fantasy church. Never, never count him out. (laughs) You draft Mac Powell. I mean, he's, you know, he comes up with a brand new song. It's like uh, good, good father times five. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, he could. I mean, he's uh, third day. I'll do Mac Powell right up. I'll do Mac Powell right now. He'll be like, what would he equate to in the NFL? Like Drew Brees or something? (laughs) I'd say Mac Powell is like, well, I wouldn't get, I, I wouldn't say Tom Brady. Chris Tomlin is Tom Brady. Chris Tomlin is Tom Brady. He is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, Mac, but Mac Powell is maybe like, um, uh, if Chris Tomlin's Tom Brady, Brady, then Mac Powell, or, or, uh, Mac Powell is maybe Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. No, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to dote on, I want to dote on Mac Powell. I'll say this. Mac Powell is like uh, Cam Newton, but like not current Cam Newton. <laughs> what? You know how like certain seasons he was like amazing and nobody could stop him. And then other seasons he was just kind of like kind of good. Yeah. Because like he, it's not that he was bad. He was just like less noticeable. Yeah. I mean, so like the years that he'll I go dr- to the Super Bowl or he won't make very many waves at all. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that's like Mac Powell. But I, okay. I, I hate to equate it like that. But well, that's. Um, that's weird to wrap my, wrap my mind around. But if I, I was going to draft Matt somebody as an old, old guard. Yeah. He's like a sleeper right now for me because okay. he's going to come up in 2019. He's going to have a song. Maybe called, like, he's Frank Gore. Ooh, no, <laughs> that's too old. No, but um, so anyway, uh, like I consider somebody like what I guess what I'm saying is in 2019 to answer your question. It's tough for me to appreciate the songs I hear on the radio. Oh, yeah. Now, doesn't yeah. doesn't that, I can agree with that. That does not for any purpose mean that that I am dissing all Christian music. It's just the stuff that I hear, which we will we should talk about this tonight. This is part of our subject matter. The stuff that you hear that is produced and put out there that is just the atypical pop Christian radio stuff is not what I would call like top tier, uh, like moving worship music or anything. Yeah, yeah, and so. There we are with that. So what about you? 2019, how do you see the pop, you know, or just Christian radio? Uh, there's so many things I want to get into, but I think if I were to sum it up briefly, I would say that right now we are in a period of like really, really great, huge movements of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. In in certain places with certain bands and certain churches. Right. With certain movements of worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're also kind of in a famine at the same time. So we're in a really weird yeah. era, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I agree. Let's, yeah. let's get into some of this stuff about like, I guess I want to talk about what worship music is and versus what popular Christian songs. Are. Yeah. We've talked a lot about this, especially as we're kind of like putting together set lists for Sunday yeah. and trying to pick out worship. Um, yeah. As, as worship leaders that have both been in, in like the same churches, mm-hmm. like uh, we've been through those dregs of coming up with something that's appropriate for a pastor, appropriate for the congregation to sing to. It's tougher than it looks. You don't just pick your top 10 list of your favorite songs and then rotate those around. Right. There's a lot of things to consider. 
Introducing a new song to a church is also very difficult. Much harder than you would think. It doesn't seem like it would be, but you have a lot of people there that A, don't know the song, B, aren't like ready for it, and like C, um, they will be able to worship. They aren't ready for it yet, but their kids are going to love it. (laughs) Oh, you're going to hear a lot of uh, Back to the Future (laughs) references from Zach. He's his favorite series. We just watched um, one and two the other night. Is this the yeah. 28th time you've went through the three movies? Or? I don't know. Probably. I'm surprised Michael J. Fox didn't actually do another one. I felt like he was like kind of poised for one at one point in his career and he just didn't do it. Hmm. But I would have loved to have seen it. I'm glad that they closed out the series. I mean, what integrity to not come back and make another sequel again when you could have had the chance. <laughs> <laughs> After the Wild yeah. Wild West one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, Zach, yeah. uh, you asked me, I'll ask you, um, how do you define a worship song? I think that, um, I think that there are considerations of like what the musicality is like, but I think that the biggest consideration for me is content. Mm. Um, so is it about God is kind of the first hurdle you have to clear Lyri- lyrically, lyrically. Yeah. yeah. If it's not about God, I don't really know how you can call it worship. Um, But then there's kind of some things where is it a gray area? Like, is it about God, but it doesn't really address God necessarily. Or is it about God, but it's so um, specific to like one person's story that you couldn't really call it a corporate thing. Mm -hmm. Like maybe, um, you know, somebody's song about personal struggle. Is that, is that less of a, worship song and more of just a, a good song that's worshipful contemplative contemplative. Yeah. Didn't we have that? Uh, I'm trying to remember what the terminology we use, but like a devotional song is what I've heard before. A devotional song. Yeah. Springboard. That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Like I've heard st- set piece is what we used piece. to say at church. Sure. Yeah. I've heard, I've, and I've seen me and Jessica used to go to a church in Lexington. I won't say the name, but um, it was a very like modern, like rock show kind of yeah. church. Um, you know, it's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so, <laughs> uh, and one of the things at that church was, um, that they would sometimes do popular music that wasn't Christian. Yeah. Like I heard them do Lincoln parks in the end once. Oh. And was that for like an eschatological message? Maybe like, and I just <laughs> had it explained to me that it was like a springboard into what they were talking hmm. about. Now, does that, Did they do the entire song. Yes. Hmm. Does yeah. that mean that it's a worship song? Yeah. I would say no. I, right. That's my heart. It does rigid. not make it a worship song. Yeah. Now, yeah, we're not talking about whether or not it should ever be ever allowed in a, in a worship service. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm yeah. just saying what, like, how do we define a worship song as opposed yeah. to just a song? Yeah. Because I feel like the idea of a worship song is very, like, uh, specific, but it's only because over the years of me being a worship leader, it's very, it's a lot easier to tell than it would be if I was just coming in cold to it. So, yeah, it, it does take some time to, to kind of get to know that. Um, I do think that there are, I guess the content is to me what makes it a worship song, but then there's all these other things that make it either a good or maybe less than ideal worship song. Mm -hmm. Like if it, is if it does clear all those hurdles, it's honoring to God. It's about God. It's addressing him. Um, but maybe it's not super singable. Mm. So like the one that I always think about with this one is, uh, the song. So will I a hundred billion X. Have you heard that song? No, sing it. It's a hill song. I can't sing it. Like I literally can't (laughs) like it's got a part that goes like way, way up in the air. Like it goes Mm. from, it goes from the bottom of my range up to the sky high top. Right. And I just, I don't, if it does that for me, like what does it do for somebody who's not an experienced singer? I'm not saying I'm the best. Um, Absolutely. But like, if you can't, if there's no access point into it, like how relatable can it be? It's funny because I'm, I'm like talking about the difference between a worship song and a regular song, but I have a lot of favorite songs that I love to do at church. Yeah. That would break my own rule on that. Yeah. For example, um, I think it's Matt Maurer who does Lord, I need you. 
And I think Christian Stenfield has done it, but I think Matt Maurer is the one who wrote it. Lord, I need you gets kind of tough, especially if you do the octave jump. Yeah. So the octave jump, is it, is, is a woman able to sing that if they are yeah. following an octave jump style, like if an it's octave in, above you, if it's in R key, which is, I think usually B or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. so what, like when you go, you know, uh, and on and on and on and on it goes. Oh yeah, love never- I do that all the time. That's for uh, yeah. uh, one thing remains, and that's the same thing. That does an thing. octave jump, yeah. and so then, uh, yeah, Lord, I need you. Whoa, and it's yeah. like, oh, okay. So where are the women at this? Do they have to go down? Can and they just find a harmony? Don't <laughs> don't all women know how to sing harmony? <laughs> Come on, ladies. <laughs> like they're at fault. <laughs> oh, you're you're sad you can't find a key to sing this thing? Oh well. Hmm. Should have been an alto. Sorry. <laughs> so, so so there is a few considerations, but I think that what you're getting to is the fact that if we can facilitate worship in the most um easy way and th- mm-hmm. to create an easy transition into You the, need an on ramp. To get yeah. the Holy Spirit in you and, and get that spirit, yeah. Then then that's that's the best way to drive worship, right? Because you, I mean, and feel free to to mix things up, but the idea that all of your songs would be very technically cool sounding and have mm-hmm. like these sweeping vocal lines doesn't really. It, I think it could sometimes be counterintuitive to the idea of worship. Oh sure, yeah. So, especially the last thing I want to see is to look out in the crowd and have nobody singing at all because it's something that's just un either really unfamiliar or something that's just not accessible. Right. Yeah. Then you start looking like that ninja guy at the um, New Year's Eve thing. Do you know what I'm talking about, Dustin? I mean, Zach, sorry, I called <laughs> you Dustin. Um, do you know what, have you seen that clip? I don't know. The guy ninja from Fortnite, he tries to do that like oh. <laughs> dance and then like nobody dances. <laughs> It's like, come on, everybody. <laughs> and they're just like, uh. <laughs> I've seen one where um, this girl is uh, playing piano and singing oceans. And mm. then uh, it gets into the bridge part. And this drummer launches into like a <laughs> Neil Peart level solo. <laughs> <laughs> He's like doubling the time, then doubling it again. Yeah. Yeah. He gets super technical and everybody's just staring Cause, awkwardly. <laughs> Cause when I think of that particular part of, uh, spirit lead me when i think of yeah. that part i think the drums like cut time and go like slower yeah and then they start to like rock it but well, she goes like um it's the end of the chorus where it's like and you are mine whoa and he's like well um yeah oh yeah that's another funny joke that maybe some people who have done worship music would understand um the idea that you can go from the second chorus to the bridge. Yeah. Right back into the second chorus, then to the bridge again, then back to the second chorus, then to the bridge again. Wait, can I not do that? On certain songs. Like, <laughs> like, um, I've been doing this wrong in my life. I think <laughs> I'm trying to remember the, the one song that we used to do that on, uh, <laughs> I think it was a Hillsong song, but there was one that you can just like go right back into the chorus. Mm-hmm. Beautiful things is one like that, but also uh, your uh, one thing remains. Does you can oh, do that? Yeah, and there was there was a time when we didn't do an octave jump on beautiful things as well. Mm-hmm. You make beautiful. Yeah, things. it's really hard. I gotta really like breathe because <laughs> you can try go, and do that. You make me new. You are making. Me no. do, 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 do. Yeah. You can just go yeah. back into it. And oh, then, and you can just repeat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You just go back and forth, chorus, bridge, chorus, bridge. And they're like, oh, this is the last chorus, yeah. like soft. And you're like, no, it's not. Another mm-hmm. bridge. <laughs> There's a Babylon B article that's like a uh, past, worship pastor stuck in an endless loop between the bridge and the chorus. Is, of Bab- how is Babylon B that like onion but Christian thing? It's the Christian onion. Jason Rowe yeah. sends me that all the time. It's so good. Okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you this because you wrote something about worship versus Christian music. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's a content thing, but I guess there's some other concerns with, with, uh, musicality or style. Yeah. Um, can all styles of music be worship? Uh, what's that famous, like fallacy, like statement thing that says, like, like I would say all worship, uh, I would say 
worship can be any style, but not any style can be worship. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Unpack that for me. <laughs> so like, I think that if people can hear worship in a song, they can worship to it. Yeah. But I don't think that making a song that is like deliberately like difficult and, and cool sounding and with a certain subject matter, that's um, maybe not as Jesus or uh, spiritually centered. Yeah. Can worship the same. Okay. So for example, um, uh, is it, is it DC talk that was, um, I'm trying to remember their song. Jesus freak. Yeah. Jesus yeah. freak. Jesus freak. Okay. Thank you. So yeah. Jesus freak. Uh, this is not a slam on Jesus freak, but imagine trying to make that worship. Yeah. So the, the chorus of that is what would people knew do if they knew that I was a Jesus freak? Yeah. Does that seem contemplative or more like just like a statement of like what point yeah. they're making in the yeah. song? Yeah. I, I consider that song less of a worship uh, because it's not, it's not really God centered, you know. Right. Think but about it. It's not really. What would people do God. if they knew I was a Jesus freak? Yeah. So it's more about like culturally fitting in and being yeah. a Christian. Now, what I'm what I meant when I said that it doesn't really worship. I don't like the subject matter. I do agree is important, but I also think that if if like there's these moments in worship when you're hanging on a uh, on a topic uh-huh. that is almost a singing out or giving thanks to God. Yeah. And when you hold that moment in the chorus or in the bridge, that's mm-hmm. when the Holy Spirit really starts to take over. So if your chorus is, what would people do if they knew I was a Jesus freak? That doesn't really hold you in the Holy Spirit as much as it makes you ask a question to the culture. Yeah. And so it's I more think, of like, a um, what do you say about this? Gotcha. Kind of cultural song. Right. Well, like, yeah. so that's, so I had another one in here. Um, uh, what's the one that's like, they're sitting in the back of the, oh man, what's that one called? sitting in the back of the church and they don't, they don't uh, feel welcome. Uh, mm. Sounds like a Matthew West song. <laughs> could be. Don't get me started <laughs> on Matthew songs West. songs about that? Oh, please. <laughs> like, um, uh, like his Matthew West song. Uh, uh, I was sitting talking about how it would be God's hands and feet. And, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I shook my fist to heaven and said, why don't you do something? And he said, I did. I created you. And it's like, I Wasn't get he just copying off of Russell Brand from that <laughs> from, one movie. From <laughs> uh, forgetting, uh, forgetting Sarah some, Marshall. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. I think so. With, yeah. um, with Jason Siegel. So, right. So the idea is like, okay, so in contrast to that style of a chorus, Think about um, Jesus, All for Jesus by Robin Mark. A lot of people don't, sadly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, And for anybody who doesn't know who Robin Mark is, you should really check him him out. out. He's so great. Uh, He will never, I would never call him a technical worship leader or anything, but he Mm -hmm. definitely has a way of bringing you through worship in a really beautiful yeah, way. Yeah. And so that, and I'm, I, again, I'll have to sing it, but just, I mean, the idea of these lyrics being drawn out, Jesus, all for Jesus, all I am yeah. and have and ever hope to be. It's like, so you don't like it when things are rushed through. Is that what you're saying? No, what I'm saying is that, when you are dealing with the Holy spirit and the welling up of that spirit. Okay. Sometimes you need to be stuck in that idea Mm. of connecting with God in that, because if you are busied around with the lyrics, you're not, you're not connecting with God on a single mindedness. Mm. And so the, the issue of worship music in my mind, and this is again, guys, this is still, I'm not an authority. Yeah. This is just my opinion of a person who's done a lot of worship music and stuff is that I've worshiped the hardest when I am single minded, when I hit that like chorus, when I hit that bridge. Yeah. And I know that I am singing directly to Jesus or singing directly about Jesus or praising Jesus or praising God or just fixated on the idea of like the greatness of God. So like, okay. So you're saying that complexity can distract from that. If the complexity is in the verse and the chorus is single minded, bringing all of that complexity together, then that's fine. Okay. So does worship need to have like a, 
like a repeated simple chorus to kind of like draw you. I in. think that it couldn't hurt to yeah. have a single repeated okay. chorus. See, uh, the and I'm I'm on your side on this, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the person who's a hymn person mm. who would say that the what they call the seven eleven seven words repeated 11 times. Yes. Um, that was made famous by some of the early nineties worship, the yeah. Chris Tomlins of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, they called that seven 11 worship and that was a negative thing, uh, because they were saying like, there's nothing to think about here. You know, we're just taking some simple concept and just repeating it over. Right. And over. What would you say mm. to them? I, I, I wanted to talk about hymns too, because I yeah. feel like the hymns, though they don't have a repeated chorus, the lyrics themselves are God reflecting. And because of the repetitiveness of the music, you don't have to worry so much about that. And you can focus on what the words mean. Yeah. But I do believe, I still do believe that, that like worship is easier when there is a single focused, single mindedness. Like, yeah, but I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it's, I guess to, to concede a point, I will say, that there are different types of worship. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that too. But uh, the the kind where you lose yourself in the worship, I feel like where the Holy Spirit wells up so much that you lose yourself comes when you can be, you can abandon yeah. any kind of like earthly like problem and just like be welled up in the music. Yeah. However that happens for you. Yeah. Maybe for me personally, I just can't do that if I'm so busied by something. Yeah. So, um, and I think that there's, there might be a good point to like too many words or too wordy mm. that can happen. I feel like, um, a lot of the things I write might be too wordy at times. I think but, come thou fount is like my favorite hymn and it's got like very interesting language in it and is yeah. busy and stuff, but I still really like yeah. it. So how do I reconcile that? I don't know. Yeah. I really like, um, Oh, 4,000 tongues to sing. Like I didn't really notice that hymn very much until recently. Sure. And um, I'm starting to get to know it and I'm starting to realize that like all seven of those verses are just like genius in the original Charles Wesley writing. Um, he wrote all the lyrics before the music. They used to just take music and set new lyrics to it. Um, so he wrote almost like a poem and it's this big, long thing um, called let glory to God be ever, ever given. Right. And, and it's um, if we were to sing that whole thing, there'd be like 18 verses. Um, but they're all like masterful in their own way. And I wouldn't want to leave any of it out um, because, um, you know, you don't want to leave out the verse that's about like um, I'm blanking. <laughs> what? Uh, and what just justification, sanctification. Oh, OK. So, you know, there's like a whole verse in there about how the Holy Spirit comes and uh, guides us and cleanses us and teaches us to like be better. And it's like verse six or something, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, like, yeah, you can't like, you leave that out. You're missing like a whole piece. So um, I don't know how to, I don't know how to reconcile those two things all the time because you might not have time to do eight verses of 4,000 tongues to sing. Right. Well, like, so, so I will say this about hymns, which I'm a huge fan of hymns. Don't hear that the wrong way. Listeners. I am a ginormous, enormous fan of hymns. <laughs> But I will say that hymns to me hit a different kind of worship bone, Hmm. but it's not a bad one. And I, you know, here's the thing, people, I'm talking about a certain style of worship. I have like two songs that are like busy, like Hmm. flourish is sort of busy, has a centralized point, but it's more up tempo. And then words aren't everything. The chorus of that is, you know, let's show them love, not to find the The chorus might as well be a verse. Um, but, but I, I love it. But the pre-chorus of that is the worship time. Let's, Let's show, show them. them. Okay. And we'll show him. And then you're like, all right, centralized single singular point. Let me show God like, what yeah. the, like that. I appreciate the kingdom by showing like the people. So you like having a simple phrase that focuses the song. Yeah. This is the one we serve. Even though you continue on in your chorus. Yeah. The idea of this is the one we serve. Yeah. Is a centralized idea that really drives home the idea of the song. And so in a song, if the idea is kind of muddied by like uh, complicated stuff, I feel like it takes you out of the worship experience a little bit. I guess in the secular or just regular music, uh, that would be considered the hook, right? 
In some regards, yes. It ties the whole thing together and is something mm-hmm. memorable. Right. Yeah. So, so again, it's, it's a gray area too. And yeah. what's crazy is that like, uh, I'm just talking about the most I've ever worshiped the most I've ever been welled up in the spirit. Now, God does all of that. It has nothing to do yeah. with our man-made idea of worship. Yeah, we can't manufacture it. Right. But yeah. I think that we can help facilitate it by centralizing our praise. Yeah. Um, I, I want to get into some scripture. Okay, great. Um, but let me uh, text my wife and tell her that uh, I will be coming home for dinner and not eating dinner with you. Oh, well, geez. How's that make <laughs> me feel? <laughs> Find that out on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Um. I did want to talk a little bit about money before we go into scripture. Yes, please do. Okay. So money has an influence on industries like creative fields, right? The movie industry, they're going to make the songs that make the most money, right? Yeah. So um, Christian music I've noticed, and this might just be me, but it seems like a pretty disturbing kind of trend um, is that there is an industry around it. Yes. And I guess... I guess that doesn't really bother me with just Christian music. Like we were talking about. I mean, jars of clay went, they toured, they sold albums. Um, and a lot of other bands like still continue to do this, but with worship, um, I just don't know what I think about worship music being commodified. I mean, I even try to do it. Some, I have albums up. Of course, not everything I write is worship music, Mm. but you're talking about the industry now. Yeah. As opposed to the style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is a topic we can dive into more at a later time. No, no, it's all centralized. This, this could be its own topic, I think. But, um, so here's, here's the thing people might not know is that, um, your standard record sales, Spotify plays, um, your radio plays, all that, that's going to get the artist money. That's going to earn. But another way to earn is through licensed music. Yeah. And so churches pay a fee to either CCLI or there are other organizations that they can pay. And a part of the royalties from churches that are played as worship. Yeah. Go towards these artists. And again, I, I want worship artists to be able to make a living. Um, but at the same time, like the way that it happens, I just wonder if worship songs aren't often written with that in mind. You're so you're talking about something that I I talk to you about generally about a lot of stuff, which yeah. is which, which motivation is driving what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so you can pull up on the uh, songselect.ccli.com website, and I don't think you even need to be a member to look up the CCLI top 100. Yeah, just song select top 100. Song select top 100, and that's you know. Um, they also have a list of like the most played songs, but the song select top 100. Yeah. I'm saying it into my phone. Sorry for everybody listening. It's cool. Thought you were just thought there was just an echo in here. <laughs> <laughs> thought there was an echo. In Reckless here. love an echo. claims the top spot. I see that. How surprising. Cl- yeah. Yeah. What a beautiful name. Still up there. Is that the one that goes, what a beautiful name it is. That is. Mm hmm. This is amazing. Grace, great are you, Lord. Phil, Phil Wickham, very good. 10,000 Reasons, which I call the Mr. Brightside of worship. It's been yeah. charting for 10 years, yeah. and it's still going strong. It's at one, two, three, four, five. It's at number five still to this day. It's beating Good, Good Father, which it's until beat- recently was like crazy. Good, Good Father was number one for a long time. Yeah. So was What a Beautiful Name until Reckless Love. So there are charts to the to worship music, just like there are charts to pop music or Absolutely. anything else. Yeah. And um, I hate to say it, but cash is involved in this because they're making money off churches and you know, that's all fine. But like when I kind of see a lot of the, like several of these are, are Hillsong United. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that we're in danger of inventing the formula to make that work to game the system and get uh, the right plays. Yes. Right. That would be my argument about yeah. why popular music and relevant music is so prominent. Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the way that they do music, but I think that they have figured out what, what makes people tick. And um, I think that that can be used for someone's own advantage. 
Right. Now, I'm not going to call into question any of the persons that are doing this. I'm not going to, like, accuse them of anything. But, like, you can see how that's possible. So what I want to see maybe is more diversity on here. Like, yeah. Like, why wouldn't a gospel song chart or yeah, or any style like uh, your favorite, one of your favorite Christian bands, maybe your favorite Christian band (laughs) is Five Iron Frenzy. Got a soft spot for them. (laughs) I don't know if any listeners know about Five Iron Frenzy, but we've actually seen them. And I, the extrovert, helped Zach get the chance to talk to uh, Jeff the girl. (laughs) Yeah. You just stood there and you were like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> but um, the, the cool the, the cool thing about music is it's eclectic and that it's, there's just like so much out there now. Yeah. Now, again, my point, my point is that uh, with worship, worship has to I think that worship does have to be a certain way in order for it to really like I mean, I think worship can happen no matter what. But I think that it can't hurt to have a certain style for worship but what you're talking about with the popular music is Mm -hmm. more like what do people want to hear that's catchy and cool yeah yeah right and i think you lose quite a bit of the quality that worship is when you do that if it's only about that you know the motivation yeah i think a great example of people that have stuck very very true to a style that is very worshipful is the gettys do you know christian and keith getty yes and so even their I would say their their more moderny stuff is not very moderny, and it's not that I am old fashioned necessarily, but in Christ, um, I mean in Christ alone, that one that we do, uh, my worth yeah. is not in what I own. Yeah, it's just the thing else to do before the throne of God above, and they they've got a bunch of Getty hymns out there. In Christ alone is the one that most people know. Yeah, but what yeah. I mean is like. There's yeah, I understand. We're at 50 minutes people. So the the idea the style of it to me is um in keeping with this idea of worship and yeah. they, they just don't really have to be poppy. But then there's uh not to bash anybody, but then there's like Toby Mac who is like right. tried to stay as relevant as possible throughout the entire music whatever. And <laughs> everybody we know is like Colin just hates Toby Mac. I mean, you I don't personal ha- vendetta against him. I don't hate Toby Mac. I hate Matthew West. Toby, Toby <laughs> Can we Mac. just make a podcast that makes fun of Matthew West? <laughs> that would be very Christian. Oh of my us. gosh. He, we're we're going to get popular and he's going to listen to that. No, I have, I hold, I, I truly do not hold any <laughs> hatred for any worship leader because you've brought people to Christ. And that's such a huge deal. More people to Christ than I could probably <laughs> in my entire lifetime. So we're not doing as good as Toby Mac. No. That's for sure. But I will say that there, is there is a difference between a worship song and a Toby Mac song and <laughs> worship and a worship song. I think is a song that you can play in church and get well up in the Holy spirit. And a Toby Mac song is a cool song that you might reflect on the lyrics for, or agree with him about on the radio and things like that. And so every type of music has its place, but, and I'm not saying either one of them is wrong. I'm just trying to make sure that people well, understand that. Yeah the idea of worship means that you are going to center your spirit and aim it towards God and just praise him. But Colin, we're, we're living in extreme days. Now we're living, we're living, we're living in extreme <laughs> oh, days. Oh no, please. <laughs> got my feet on the block. I got my eyes on the prize. I got my eye on it. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. Scripture time. So this one is kind of interesting because it's Psalm uh, 33 and I'm going to just read through this a little bit. I, I, it it, it kind of jumps off of the um, music thing after too long. All the Psalms really do talk about music. It's funny because the beginning of almost every Psalm is like, sing to him with the lyre and the flute and the lute. Sing to him, him All those day and night. outdated grandpa's guitars. No. <laughs> but uh, in Psalm 33, starting in the first uh, verse, it says, sing joyfully to the Lord, you're righteous, you righteous It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-stringed lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. So right there is kind of like, you know, play a new song and play it skillfully. And I understand that I was saying that simplicity could be better. I'm not discounting the fact that a new song played skillfully is a bad worship song. Excellence doesn't have to mean flashiness. Right, exactly. For the word of the Lord is right and true. Here's where your part came in earlier. 
He is faithful in all he does. The yeah. Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. And it goes on to talk about his righteousness. Now, what's important about that is that it never takes away from the idea of why you would sing. Yep. You're singing because you want to give God all the praise and shout to joy for him. Yeah. And in how can I keep from singing? Great worship song, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, and, and again, I don't mean worship yeah. is good and Christian pop song is bad. <laughs> I just mean that they're different. Yeah. And there's a different understanding when you come to the yeah. stage on Sunday morning. I think the other danger in the Psalms kind of remind me of this. That is a really joyful psalm, but yeah. Obviously, we talked about this last week. Um, well, maybe not last week for everybody listening, but yes, definitely yeah, one, one of those. In the Lent episode. In the Lent episode. We talked about, um, you know, how the Psalms have the full range of human emotion. Right. And so there's all these different access points. I would call them on-ramps. You know, yes. if you're in sorrow and grief, then you have an on-ramp, on-ramp in the Psalms. I, I don't think we've done that for people with our uh, modern worship music um just just allowing like okay right an analogy i came to and this is just for me this is a colonism but it's like what is the best tool to dig a hole right so so do we start with a shovel and then a backhoe (laughs) then a bulldozer (laughs) and then god's hand right so what if I what if I there had never been a good worship song that was accessible to construction workers before <laughs> you wrote <laughs> yeah that song. But what if you said, Colin, I need you to help me dig a hole. And I showed up with a rake. Right. And you said to me, I mean, I'm sure we can dig a hole mm. with this, but it, yeah, but it might be a little more difficult. And I said, hold on here. Any tool can dig a hole. Right. And this rake happened to be number one on the CCLI chart. <laughs> <laughs> so my analogy there is, is it, can you dig a hole with a rake? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But maybe God can use a shovel more easily. To sure. Dig sure. So <laughs> that's yeah. a weird analogy. I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's your scripture you were going to okay, give Okay. Yeah. So I, I thought of this earlier. Revelation. No, well, yes, I want to talk about revelation, but I want to talk about, there is a worship song in scripture. There's actually a few of them. Yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously all these Psalms mm-hmm. were songs at one point and they can still be sung. Um, but uh, this one is in Philippians two and people have called it the kenosis hymn. Okay. Because the theme of it is about Christ emptying himself and coming to earth. I've heard of this. I didn't know that this was actually a worship. Thing. Yeah. This was a worship song in the very, very early church, possibly Ooh. one of the first Christian exclusively worship songs. Okay. So it says um, in two verse five, your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ colon. So that starts the song Yep. who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God, something to be grasped, but made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. That was a worship song. Whoa. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> hey, man, it's a <laughs> Jesus is the center in that one. Yeah. Um. Uh, I forgot to mention this earlier, but I have a big um, obsession with gospel music, but I know that I'm not like good enough to sing it. But like Rance Allen is a huge like inspiration. Great his, guy. Like, his singing voice um, and him and Kirk Franklin doing that. Uh, yes. Uh, something about the name Jesus. I watched that video so much whenever I want to like figure out. And I'll tell you right now. We should link to it. We'll put a link in the show. Dude, description. the. The song worships, and yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what's, I mean, it's just the idea of something about that name, something about Let's have saying church. the name. So anyway, uh, moving on, we're running out of time. We may go a little bit over, but this podcast is not limited to yeah. an hour. It's fine if we go over. It's not a big deal. 
So I will say that in Colossians 3.16, but I'll start in 15, um, and back up at 3, it, it says in my Bible, 3 is the rules of holy living. Yeah. But it says down here, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, mm. since as members of the body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts. And so awesome. what, what I get from that is that the idea that we're letting Christ rule in our hearts as members of the body and that, that we're put at peace with yeah. him is to me the idea of what the Holy Spirit through worship does to you. Yeah. And so... When it says here, and be thankful and let the word of, uh, of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms. So if your song is like admonishing Christ and all of you feel this richness and this peace come over you as you're singing out, that is worship. Yeah. And however you can get there is how, you, how that needs to happen for worship to happen. Yeah. And so that's that's my main argument for worship is that. Nice. That idea. So how cool. Yeah. I just had one last thing. Worship. If you think about it this way. I'm not sure if you've thought about this. Okay. But worship is like the main thing that the church, I'm talking like the global church again. Yes. That's the thing that we are called to do. It's worship is any way that we honor God. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so all the things that we do are just supposed to be glorifying God and worship, particularly the singing kind of worship that's something that we're going to be doing into eternity. It's the only thing that we're doing that we do right now as a church right. that we're going to continue to keep doing because God wants it, you know? Absolutely. That's that's our mission is is just to give honor to God. And so when we do that, we get to enter into this thing that God is doing. And so that's why I really like the picture in Revelation 7. Yes. Where it talks about how every tribe and tongue and nation come together to sing praises to God. Um, it cuts deep to the human heart and it cuts across like our lines of division. You know, yeah. you got all these people from these different nations speaking in these different languages, um, but they're all singing the same song. And it ultimately teaches us that worship is God centered and not man centered. Absolutely. That's our purpose is just to give glory back to him. Yeah, and I and, and I won't nitpick over musicality and stuff. I will just say that any opportunity, music or not, if you can de- if you can devote that time to Christ or you know uh, as a unified body, and you can feel the welling up of the Holy Spirit and feel that peace in your heart, then that is worship. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's music or not. Um, and so all, all of that, you know, opinion about types of music is to <laughs> say that I think that. God can use literally anything in this world to connect people to him. And, and it's just, we have to be open to be the tools of that. And so that's all I meant really. It's just making it easy as possible to create a worship experience. How can we pick the best? That's going to give God the most glory. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's the, it's more of a mindset than it is of actual, like, you know, dictating what, and so, I mean, I, I'm coming to that more and more, but you know, I can't help but be human and nitpick over song styles and things, but there you go. Well, okay. Well, that was a good episode. It was a good episode. Yeah. Um, well, uh, as we're wrapping up here, we'll just remind you guys again that we are on Facebook, Twitter, Stitcher, Patreon, check out the uh, iTunes, iTunes. Are we on Google play? You said, yeah, Google play. You can literally just go into Google play and find us. Right now, uh, as this episode is, uh, as we are here, it will air later. But right now, if I search the Houseplants podcast on Google, we are like seventh or eighth down the list. Okay. So you can actually click on so Podbean. we need to beat out all these gardening podcasts. We really, I mean, because so. yes, gardening is important. I understand. But God is a gardener and we are <laughs> the plants he is trying to grow in his court. <laughs> and you can't, you can't grow without a community, you know? So that's right. We, we not, we don't Feed just. Feed the plants. Please do. Feed the plants. We do need, we, we do need your support because, um, we, we, we can only work so much. Um, and so we do need monetary support, but I promise you that that monetary support goes towards the building up of the kingdom. 
and it, we will continue to dedicate ourselves to that end. Um, but I also want to say that, like Zach said earlier, the community that we're trying to usher in would be uh, so much greater if we could get feedback from you guys. Like if we could understand like our community a little bit better. Yeah. Because you guys can help us make the podcast better. You can give us prayer requests. Yeah. If I have prayer requests coming to me, I'm going to mention them on the podcast. Tweet at us. You can even call our number. Absolutely. And I don't leave have a message. it in front of me right now. <laughs> yeah, but well, you can leave us a message. It's on our Facebook. You can call the number on our Facebook and leave us a message. But if you can't find us anywhere, just, just go on Podbean or Patreon or Facebook and just type in the Houseplants Podcast and you will find us. And chat with us. Get to know us. Find out. How, uh, let us know how you feel about God, how you feel yeah. about Jesus. If you don't like him, we'd love to hear it. If you love him, we'd love to hear it. Awesome. Well, thanks for stopping by and checking us out. And remember, 